1: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the P1 Podcast with Matt and Thomas Bellingham. Yes, we are here today to talk everything Mexico City Grand Prix. And what a race. Absolute generational, I would say. 10 out of 10. Battle for the lead all the way through. Tommy, what did you make of the one of the greatest Formula 1 races of all time?
2: Uh, well, actually... It was probably all right for Mexico, but the bar is so incredibly low that the I don't think even, even the greatest, world's greatest limbo uh, person could get under it. But yeah, it was um, it was all right, <laughs> okay. um, but certainly that still had its uh, Mexico City Grand Prix frustrations about the circuit. But we'll get into that later. Uh, and unusual. Oh, it's going to
1: be good as well. Tommy's coming.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm popping off. But unusual as well that essentially we had two half races um, because literally almost bang on half distance, red flag, let's go again, and still didn't quite deliver. But hey,
1: still a lot to talk about. certainly is. And before we dive into any of that, we need to mention the P1 live show that we've got three venues. I know we've been speaking about it a lot this weekend, but the tickets have gone on sale a few days ago. And if you want to grab them, there's one in Manchester, there's one in Glasgow, and there's one in London, the 3rd, the 5th, and the 10th of December. Uh, It's our end of season special. It's not just a show. It's not just a podcast. It's interactive. It's fun. It's energetic. You can meet new people if you don't know anybody. There's a lot of people that came to our April show that didn't know anybody and uh, made some friends while they were there. It's, It's an awesome event. Ben, it's not something that I don't think we really see in Formula One. And uh I love it. Tommy loves it, and we can't wait to bring it to you. So if you wanna, if you're on YouTube, there'll be a link in the description. If you're on audio, there's links all over our socials and in our Bit Link tree thing in our social media and all that good stuff. So go and check that out if you want to, and we'd love to see you there. Right, let's get into my most memorable moment. And I feel like most of my memorable moments aren't actually anything of Good memories. They're usually something going wrong with Ferrari. And it went wrong in lap one. Turn one. The instant between Leclerc and Perez. Oh, dearie me. So Charles Leclerc being on pole position. I didn't think it would be it would I didn't think he would lose P1 so quickly. I had hoped maybe he'd make it out of turn one, turn two, maybe even turn three in the lead. Thought Carlos Sainz might have done a little job to keep Max Verstappen at bay, but instead Max Verstappen had two of the greatest starts of all time um, for this weekend's Grand Prix, which shattered all of our hopes and dreams for an exciting race almost immediately. Sergio Perez, I mean, and I can't even blame, by the way, that slipstream. I cannot blame Max Verstappen being a slipstream merchant. It was very much a great start along in the middle of the two Ferraris. Boom, see you later. Sergio Perez, on the other hand, was slipstreaming his way to glory, and saw his name in lights. That man saw himself on the, the on the top step of that Mexico City Grand Prix podium, and then forgot there were other cars going into Turn One as he turned into Charles Leclerc and thought he was a ghost car.
2: Absolutely, that yeah, uh, it was reminiscent, I guess, of the uh, Qatar Turn One. Uh, of course, Hamilton accepting the blame on that on that one. Uh, the fact that it's a car going round the outside. Uh, with two cars on the inside, and uh, just turning in like they're, they're not there and there's nowhere to go. But of course, this corner is even tighter. And um, it was funny on the stream, actually, because you said exactly that, that you were like, Sergio's seen his name in lights here. Uh, and then he pretty much said that in his interview. His interview was kind of like, well, you know, I saw the chance to take the lead in the Mexican Grand Prix. So he's basically saying like, I didn't really care about two cars being on my inside, and uh, which is a bit of an odd thing to say from a driver that has so much experience in Formula 1 uh, to basically kind of be like, well, I went for it and didn't really think of the consequences. Um, yeah. Bit, very bit, odd.
1: Very odd. Very strange. You know, this that kind of just gives me... F1 game sprint lobby vibes where you've just kind of gone for it. Oh, you know what? It doesn't really matter. Just press restart. No, Sergio Perez out of his home race. And I was very, it's just a massive misjudgment, in my opinion, from Sergio Perez, not only to to turn in early and literally just turn into Charles Leclerc, but also to not break a lot later. And then if he has to go across the grass and give the positions back, I know that they technically aren't supposed to do that. Even on lap one, turn one, but that would have been so much better for him to stay in the race. But it was a it was it was a desperation move. It was a I need to get ahead of Max Verstappen. This is probably my only chance. If I don't get ahead of Max, he's going to beat me in race pace. But it it ended his his home race, and you could see you know you could visibly see the anguish on his face when he was in the in the garage. You saw the camera on you know facing him whilst he was sat in the car. Now, he was distraught and I think he'll be going to bed tonight thinking, I wish I'd played it a little bit safer because surely you'd take a podium and being beaten by Max at your home race than it, DNFing at lap one, turn one.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, because, of course, the the narrative, and this will uh, continue on uh, about Daniel Ricciardo, but uh, even despite the narrative yesterday being the whole thing about Daniel Ricciardo's beating him and qualifying, Perez was actually you know, fairly close to Max um, for, (laughs) compared to how he's been at least. Uh, And, you know, he's had decent decent pace uh, and we know he's normally better in the race as well. So it was a good chance for him to get a good result. And I'm about to sneeze.
1: Oh, oh, lovely for audio listeners. He's muted and that was... That was aggressive, almost as aggressive as Sergio Perez into turn one, that sneeze. Um, But yes, uh, he was a tenth and a half off in qualifying. And we're thinking, there we go, Checo. That's what we're after. And it was very strange as well that he was saying like, ah, you know, well, you know, we're back. The results are going to come. I'm like, you're back. You, you didn't make it out of turn one. Uh, I don't think we can quite say that you're back yet just because, you, you know, you spoke to the simulator, uh, the engineers and went on the simulator and this, that and the other. Um, uh, yeah, it was very strange uh, comments that, that, that Sergio came out with at the end of the race, but one with which he will want to forget very quickly. Opinionated SF19 comes in with a question. Should Leclerc have backed off since he was always going to get sandwiched and how much did that damage hurt him? Well, I know I am wearing a Ferrari T-shirt, but I don't have direct access to the analytics and data uh, for the Charles Leclerc Ferrari Formula One car. But what I will say is that Leclerc should not have backed off into Turn 1. Who should have backed off is Sergio Perez or had gone much deeper into the corner to allow some kind of room but of course, Leclerc's gonna stay there. He's gonna try and stay side by side. There has been three wide going into turn one, and they've made it work, mainly the person on the outside, if they're not gonna clear the other two. I think Max Verstappen did it right. He did it well, He's didn't he? Led, he, 21, led yeah, he led the race. 21?
2: Yeah. Where he
1: went round the outside and it was an unbelievable move. But that's what it needed to be. Checo, unfortunately, didn't wasn't able to pull that off. But it was not Leclerc. Leclerc's unfortunately in that position. If he if he lifts. All of a sudden, he's getting swamped by cars around him as well. So he had to stay in it, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, you can't—you cannot blame Leclerc uh, for that one. He's kept on his line. Max has kept on his line. And exactly the same as the Qatar incident, Uh, the car on the outside has responsibility to not just turn in to the two cars on the inside. And that is exactly what Perez has done. So it's easy in hindsight to be like, oh, well... Leclerc wouldn't have been as bad if he'd have backed off, but you don't expect Sergio Perez to uh, turn in on him and try and uh, take the the lead with a worldy move and not give enough space. So uh, you can't blame Leclerc. And as for the how much the damage hurt him, uh, he actually seemed to have pretty good pace um, up at the front with the with the damage. He didn't seem to have too much problem. Thankfully, his uh, end plate fell off, which is normally um, a blessing because when it's dangling and hanging off, that's when they kind of start to bring out the the meatball flags and stuff and give penalties and things. But thankfully for for Charles, uh, that piece of debris came off, didn't leave him too much trouble. And then, of course, he got to replace it anyway uh, when there was the red flag. So he didn't actually lose any time in the pit stops.
1: Certainly didn't. Next question, Thomas Andrews, oh one. one is that the final straw for Checo in 2024? Gets out qualified by an AlfaTauri and then takes himself out of his home race at the first corner. Ricardo having a great race can only make it easier for Red Bull. Now, being out qualified by an AlfaTauri, I as much as it's like quite a big headline, it's more about Daniel Ricardo putting in a sensational lap. He almost out Max Verstappen, so it's not like it's it was just one of the drivers uh, that that he was you know, getting close to or, or beating. Um, I oh, i don't know. I, I, there's part of me that's like, do Red Bull need to change change everything? Do they really? At this stage when Adrian Newey has said to, to Eddie Jordan and other people that he'd be surprised if anyone can catch them, do they need to ruffle the feathers and put Daniel Ricardo back in and we get Baku vibes and they crash and all this, that, and the other? I, I don't know. I mean, it depends what head... Your, or what hat you're wearing. Are you, uh, if I'm looking at it from a fan's perspective. My God, let's get Daniel Ricciardo in there and see if he can take it to Max Verstappen. I don't think he could. I don't think anyone really could take it to Max Verstappen. But on the other side, if you're thinking of it from a team's perspective, you think, is Daniel Ricciardo going to be substantially better than Sergio Perez over the course of the season? The answer is probably yes, but is it worth that risk? Has Daniel Ricciardo proved himself enough? I think... Not yet. I mean it's an amazing performance this weekend. But I don't think teams work like that. They don't go, Ah, oh, well Daniel, you've had a you've had a fantastic race in Mexico. Sign this contract. Burn that one we've just given to Perez for twenty four. I don't think that's how they work. It's a lot longer and a much more detailed process than that.
2: F one fans do though. My my days do we love to to jump on it, you know, oh uh you know, this driver's the worst in the world now because they had a bad race and then the next race they're amazing and we're like, yes. Um, you know, <laughs> look at look at the AlphaTaro drivers. We've gone from like, Yuki's the goat at the start of the season finishing 10th and 11th. That's what and you were game. saying, mate. We were all saying he's done well. Bad boy. Yeah, um, uh, and then, you know, Daniel Ricciardo comes in, uh, does the right in Hungary and it's like, oh, okay, hang on a minute. Then, uh Liam Lawson comes in and it's like, oh, he's done well. And we're like, oh, Liam Lawson's amazing. Then the last race we were like, oh, actually, Yuki Sonoda's the goat because he's finished eighth. And then now it's Daniel Ricciardo's the GOAT. And it just it, it's very easy to just kind of jump on one race. And that's not to take anything away from Daniel Ricardo. We're going to give him his uh his kind of plaudits and all that kind of stuff because it was a fantastic drive and we'll go into it later. Um but it. They can't just make a snap decision on, on one race um, for Daniel Ricciardo's in fairness, performance. Yeah. But Sergio Perez. Perez's performance, 100%, because he's crashed again. You know, the, the Alpha Tauri thing is exactly what you said. That the Alpha Tauri thing in qualifying, as much as that is, yeah, like this big headline that, oh my God, Perez has got beard by Alpha Tauri, you actually need to look at it as well, he's only. Mm couple of tenths off a tenth off max or ever which is where he should be only a couple of places behind him on the grid finish the race get a podium that's that's what you need uh, and no he's had another incident um, and put Lewis Hamilton right back on him despite Hamilton's disqualification in the last race that it's now back to 20 points so he had heard some people saying you know that the disqualification it would have been one One. point yeah which is insane
1: as well madness i actually can't wait to see how this unfolds because if hamilton does take p2 in the championship i need to see what happens in the world after that in the formula one world like what what is there anything all these rumors around perez getting p2 in the championship are they true i'd love to see it because um yeah it could be it could be chaos let's now go to your most memorable moment don't we my most memorable
2: moment is uh, Lando Norris's comeback drive uh, for a few reasons. One, because it was very good. Two, because it was a rare bit of entertainment in a not particularly great race on a track that's very difficult to overtake. Uh, And three, for my own personal satisfaction, um, because I put in P5 in the predictions and everyone thought I was an idiot. Uh, And he came through to uh, an impressive P5 from the back. So um, it was a very good performance from Lando. Of course, when you have these situations, you always think what might have been, but um, because of how badly he qualified, you know, surely a podium uh, was possible for him uh, at the very least with how well he did in that race, particularly at the end. Um, but the damage limitation was very impressive indeed. Uh, And even the fact that he had that incident as well where he'd made that extra pit stop. So did the restart, the second race (laughs) in 10th. So was not exactly in it and then still came through and made his way through the field. And some of his moves in particular as well, like the one on Daniel Ricciardo was absolutely sensational. Um, Respect to Daniel Ricciardo as well because it was incredibly fair racing where it was almost touching, but you leave each other room. Um, that was really, really good to see. Uh, and yeah, it was a great drive from Lando and he was always going to take driver of the day because we fans love a a comeback drive, no matter love how much they bottle drive. qualifying.
1: <laughs> yeah, literally. Um, yeah, worth mentioning as well that, you know, he started 10th in the, the restart, but dropped down to 14th yeah. uh, because of his, his poor start there as well. So he basically overtook almost the whole field at least twice. Um, so... Yeah, Lando Norris was 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 brilliant, um, fully deserving of driver of the day. Uh, such a shame, just such a shame that he messed up qualifying because I think he could have secured a P2 today um, or at least be battling Hamilton um, because his pace was brilliant. He was able to pull off a lot of overtakes. It was amazing to see that confidence from Lando that we don't necessarily see as much of that kind of overtaking for Lando because he's been, well, towards the front when he's had a good car and when he's had a bad car, he hasn't been able to overtake too many people. So to see that sort of comeback drive from Lando in a car that is not a red Bull, it's not clearly the fastest car. So to, to still be able to deliver that kind of comeback drive was, was brilliant to see. And obviously beating Oscar Piastri uh, in the meantime as well is um, not the best look for Oscar in his race pace. Um, but Lando, yeah, just further solidifying uh, how, how good of a driver he's been this year despite, obviously, the fact it was self-inflicted. A question from Rosa Claver. If Lando qualified better yesterday, do you think that he could have been a threat to Max? No, I don't think so. I think Max Verstappen was locked in, signed, sealed, delivered. Thank you very much, P1. Um, but yeah, I think Lando would have been around Hamilton, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, definitely. He'd definitely been in that fight for um, P2, um, and we would have had... A very familiar look of uh, a Max Lewis and Lando podium, which seems to be the the thing at the moment, uh, where those those three are driving extremely well. Uh, but I think it's a stretch to say uh, that he'd have he'd beaten Max uh, because Max made it look incredibly easy, even though it was a difficult, not a difficult race for him, but you know, like the Star in particular. Max just made that look so easy Um, and yeah it's very impressive but yeah I don't think Lando had the pace to beat him which is annoying for Lando because he's been joking all weekend about like I'm just going to retire when I get that first win because it never seems to be happening and he's clearly got the talent to do it Um, there's just a driver called Max Verstappen that doesn't allow anyone else to win, and has now got his sixteenth win of the season, which is also a record, being his own 16 record. Sixteen wins, still <laughs> sixteen wins
1: in a season. Like it's just, it's just, it's, it's, it's. What, what more? How many more superlatives do we need to explain how good Max Verstappen is to to dominate? to the extent that he has 16 wins, breaking the record for the most wins in a season in his first proper year of a fully dominating car of yeah. the whole whole season. 22 Ferrari were there. This year, yes, Red Bull have been the quickest, but he hasn't always got pole. But to get 16 wins is just is a remarkable feat. Um, and anyone that tries to take that away from him because he has a fast car are absolutely deluded. Um, because other drivers, drive other teams have had dominant cars and no one has done what Max Verstappen has done so far. And we've still got three races to go. So he could yet get 19. So let's see how that one unfolds. A question from P1 Patreon member Wave Rod. Can we say that Ricardo is back? He's 17th in the standings They had a Magnussen and Sargent and, of course, Lawson and DeVries as well. I think it goes back to the fact that we can't, we can't, can't jump the gun as much as we want to people that love Daniel Ricciardo which I know a lot of people do it's a great performance it's one that I think was so unexpected uh, but it's a welcome performance for Daniel Alfa in general were performing very well Yuki was looking very quick but of course couldn't show it to the same level as what Daniel did um, but to do that so quickly after breaking his hand and you could argue still hasn't had enough time to sort of settle in and and really get to grips with everything formula 1 for this season. It's it's a sensational performance and one with which I would say he's not back in terms of in the room but he's 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 peering through the the door, the door slightly open and you know he's got his his, his head's peeping in.
2: Yeah, it's a is so impressive. Like his drive was so good. The fact that he qualified brilliantly um but then didn't even drop back. We were watching the watching it being like hang on a minute. He's kind of sticking with them here. Like, he's not absolutely dropping like a stone like we thought he might do. Um, Because normally, we've seen this a lot in Formula One that after, and it's only natural that after, you know, 70 odd laps, the car performance kind of balances itself out. So even if uh, McLaren is a great example of like, you know, Lando started at the back, Oscar started near the front, and then by the end, they're almost together because. That, that you know the car performance is is there so um but daniel ricardo was sticking with them and then you know he was on the back of george russell at the end as well which was um not that we saw it because uh tv was like "No, nah, you're all right uh
1: what what's a mini box Well, uh, forgotten about that one uh, I know for a fact they didn't <laughs> use the mini box because it would have affected their highlights package, and they would have affected the fact that Verstappen's going over the line. It has to focus on the race winner, and they were like, we couldn't possibly have a little box of Ricardo and Russell going side by side, which they definitely were because it was half a tenth between the two of them at one point. I haven't, I still haven't seen it. No, I haven't seen that last show. lap between them. Um, but yeah, it's just, it was just like, okay, yeah, I know Max is winning. But just a tiny box, even a smaller box than the than the normal, you know, just something somewhere to just get. I mean, if Ricardo had got through, I think we would have had even more of an uproar.
2: Yeah, definitely. But like I say, superb, superb drive, a proper statement drive, and yeah, seventeenth uh, in the championship now. Head of Joe Yu, Magnuson, Lawson, Sergeant De Vries. Actually, weird looking at the championship and seeing. Sixteenth an Alpha Tauri driver, seventeenth an Alpha Tauri driver, twentieth an Alpha Tari driver, twenty-second an Alpha Tauri driver. <laughs> because they've just gone gone That's through so many mad. drivers. It's really weird. Um and poor Leggy's now P21.
1: Whilst we're talking about Alpha Tauri, still, we should probably talk about Yuki Tsunoda, and the move that he made on Oscar Piastri. Um because that was um do we have to. <laughs> yes, we do, mate. I know that you didn't include it in the sheet, but you know what I mean. We've <laughs> no, got to talk unfair. about these things, all right? So, yeah. I know, I know. Um Yes, Yuki Tsunoda looking like he was going to score a couple of points as well, uh, fighting Oscar Piastri. Was it for P eight at the time? I think uh, believe so. P8, yeah, P9. yeah, it
2: was P uh, um, P seven maybe actually. No, because because Ricciardo was sixth. Then it was Piastri. Then it yeah, and Tsunoda was going to um, take uh, Piastri for P seven. So
1: Yeah, oh, so it was it was so uh, a it was a lot of points on uh, up for grabs um, and. Oh, it's just it's peaks it and odor, is isn't it? Perez. It was it was a Sergio Perez move in, in in the same way, but there was only two of them, so it was even worse in some in some in some ways. And obviously Yuki, and at the time, thought that perhaps Oscar had done something wrong. And Yuki, you know, he's a he's a he can have a bundle of rage. Yuki can't he? And I, I love how after the incident, he's then just losing his mind in the cockpit for a couple of seconds before then realizing, oh, I'm still in the race. I probably should drive. Um but it was it's it's just what Yuki has in him isn't it he's not he's got those great drives, but he's also got a mistake in him still
2: a hundred percent uh and it's why I love him, but also it's frustrating in the fact that he's gonna go for it even when it's almost not on you know he's so close and he's battling, and I think other maybe sensible drivers you know we can quite. Uh, we can sometimes kind of as a fan get frustrated when Hamilton's battling someone and doesn't go for an absolute dive bomb up the inside but then on the grand scheme of it you're like this is why the guy's a seven-time world champion and has got so many points and so many wins because he manages that risk versus reward and what's Mm -hmm. what's best to do and even though that's frustrating as a fan because you want to watch the overtakes sometimes it's best to like you know if you're of course, Yuki's a racer and he wants to make that move and he knows that he's so much faster than Piastri. Um, but it's so hard to pass at this track because it's awful. Sorry, I'm really trying to bite my tongue about this track. We'll get into it later. Uh, oh, no, and, the slander's coming. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he, he tried to go around the outside once, banged wheels, and then he's realized that he's going to have to absolutely send it and really kind of sweep around the outside Uh, And he's just cut in um, too early. And it's the kind of thing that you just think, Alpha Tauri don't have many points on the board this season. Bag the points. It would still have been a fantastic drive for him to finish eighth or ninth uh, from where he started. And he started last. like He he Mm -hmm. was nowhere. uh, And he's made it through. And it would have been a fantastic drive. But it is, I mean, it's Yuki Tsunoda in a nutshell, isn't it? Like, great speed bit of a silly error and then you know frustration so
1: and one of the very small opportunities that Alfatari have had over the course of this year to actually score points um so yeah one with which I'm sure he's going to be pretty upset Um I think it's also worth mentioning before we dive into the track um Esty Bestie <laughs> Let's talk about Esteban Ocon and the strangest team radio I think I have heard in a very long time. God, Lord. Tell Haas I'm coming for them or whatever it was. Basically, I don't know if it was fighting talk or, or what, but I don't know. Cringe, I, I, it I hope it was a joke. I hope yeah, besty, yeah. I hope it was for us, the fans. It was a bit of bantz. Because if he genuinely thought that... Firstly, his team are going to deliver a message to to Hass. but secondly, the Haas are going to receive this message and go, "Okay, Nico, we've just had a message actually from Estee Besti that wanted to, wanted to let you know that he's coming for you, and he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna pull a, he's gonna send it." it one of the most bewildering team messages I've ever seen, and not only that, but for him to then not send it, we're all just sit sat behind there like for like six laps or whatever it was. Yeah. When, when is this move happening? Is it? Are we? Is there going to be a dive bomb? Because I thought it was going to be that next time we saw because he looked quite close and it just never came.
2: Yeah, it was like a watch out and then, hello? Is anything happening here? Um, yeah, it was very weird. It, the first thing I thought actually was that it, it almost sounded like it would be like a fake thing that they'd put in in a Drive to Survive episode where, you know, oh, alpha Tauri and sorry uh Hass and alpina locked in an incredible battle for p10 and then ocon's there like on the radio like watch out Hass! here i come um and you're like that wouldn't happen but apparently it did um but like you say it's maybe just a bit of banter from from ocon and he did get him eventually uh Poor Hulkenberg and Haas are now last in the Constructors Championship thanks to AlphaTauri's exploits, and can't see how that's going to change. Personally,
1: no, me neither. Unless Magnussen gets pole again at Brazil, (laughs) I mean that would be quite the scenes. Uh, Hulkenberg ended up finishing 18 seconds behind Ocon, and if you think he literally was passed with about five laps to go, uh, that Haas, for whatever reason. Uh, with the medium tires on, great choice. You know. Did you see the screenshot? Choose through it. I'm going let's stick some mediums on it. Yeah. What's did that? you
2: see the screenshot of him going out the final corner, and he literally left tire marks coming out the final no. corner because, like, his tires were that cooked that he's like oh my left geez. like a two lines of rubber on the track. Um,
1: wow. Just has yeah, tire things. Not good. And, of course, speaking of Has tyre things, K-Mag uh, having that rather large impact, um, which I think you very um, well said on, on the Twitch Watch along around um, it not really being a coincidence that K-Mag went off the lap before, um, bouncing all over the place on kept the vibrations in, on yeah. the outside, kept his foot in, then the next lap his left rear suspension failed. Uh, I yeah, think that, that was can't very be coincidental, much, uh, can it? No, and and thank goodness he got out um, okay because, you know, you, yeah, you see yeah, that Has and you know, you kind of just think, "Oh my God, is is the driver okay?" Because the car was in was in tatters, um, but he was all good, and uh, of course that flew the red flag.
2: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Thank goodness Magnussen was okay because it's a scary place to go off. Because, yeah, uh, it's a very high speed corner, uh, and Formula One cars. You kind of yeah forget how kind of scary it is, and and it only looks because they're such so, so quick around these corners it's only when they kind of dart off in another direction that you kind of really sense how quick the, <laughs> quick the things are and how quickly it can go wrong uh, so thank goodness uh K Mag was all right uh, after that nasty crash um and of course uh, saw a few people mentioning on the Twitch watch along but uh I don't think you can have a go at all for them call, calling a red flag uh, for that because they and had the to fix the barrier, barrier. you yeah. have to fix those things so right, do
1: you want 10 laps behind the safety car like whilst they <laughs> fix the barrier you know what i mean or Might 15 even laps even behind more the that, yeah yeah exactly so um yeah it was the right decision even if max verstappen himself was questioning why there was a red flag uh, necessary Right, it's now the time we have all been waiting for. Twitch Tommy is coming to the podcast. O two 2 comes in with a question. Is it time to move on from the Mexican Grand Prix? I feel F1's only reason to go there is for Sergio Perez's fan club and I can't remember one Mexican race that was even close to a banger. The floor is yours, Tommy. Just dig it up and start again. It's awful.
2: Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, For a the small problem is loan of
1: five hundred million dollars.
2: I know. It's it's annoying because yeah. It's an incredible incredible crowd. They've always uh since we returned to it, uh and rightly so, it's always had that um you know, it's a great atmosphere, it's in uh, an amazing country, which I'd love to love to go to and and experience because it looks incredible. Um it is. I know it looks looks so good. Um, you didn't come to Mexico that one time. No, I, Mexico, I didn't. Did you? That was sad. I know. I'd like to go one day, one day. Um, but yeah, the fact that we always get baited of of like, oh, it's such an amazing crowd and stuff, and then the and race is terrible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the race is terrible. And then we get back the next year and it's like, yeah, Mexico's back. God, that stadium section so cool, isn't it? And the reality is <laughs> that you know you can build a stadium section, you could build a grandstand on the Barcelona chicane, still doesn't make it good. Um
1: hey, that's gone now, mate. I know that it's is gone. gone. Thank gone. God.
2: And now this some of this track needs to go. The funny thing as well is about the stadium section, is it's not even the worst corners. Four, five, and six are oh. abysmal. Like and this is the thing with with Formula One, is it's cool that. Uh, you know, the fans there get to see Formula One cars for for longer, and that's the theory behind it, that it's, you know, these stadium sections and stuff. But it's just not interesting watching Formula One cars go that slowly. Like, they're the no, best Formula for One there. cars in the, in the world. They're the best cars in the world, and you're watching them do, like, 40 miles an hour around these really clumsy corners. It's just not... Uh, and I think that's what makes the racing worse, even when there's uh, the odd battle or even when nothing happens. Like, Suzuka this year, right? Uh saw a lot of people going, oh, it's snooze fest, it's boring. And maybe I'm just old school, but I love watching the cars around Suzuka. I love it. I think it looks amazing. And even when the race is a bit dull, you're just like, F1 is awesome. Like, Look at these cars flying around these high-speed corners. It's an awesome track. But the problem is when Metz goes a bit dull, it feels really dull because you're watching them clumsily go through turns four, five and six really slow in a in a big line, and it feels and like even the s's are just yeah there
1: because the curbs are so high so they can't yeah. even like properly it's not like a maggots and it.
2: Becketts or like a cota um like the cota section as well where you go, "Oh wow, that's really spectacular um yeah, the whole track's just really um really, really clumsy. Uh, because it's almost like if you designed a purpose-built circuit, because obviously everyone will go, oh, you like Monaco, but Monaco doesn't at least pretend to be a purpose-built circuit that people can pass. Like You've got a massive purpose-built circuit, and it's almost like it's designed to make it as hard as possible because it's just like, here's a really long straight, (laughs) haha <laughs> just kidding it's 390 degree turns and then another drs zone but the straight's not not long enough and then you've got to go through another and it just separates all the cars out um and yeah it's a, it's a frustrating watch and it happens every single year so please just please just change it just put the sepang track layout if we're never going to go back i tweeted it if we're never going to go back to sepang just please just make that track layout and just stick it in Mexico, and we'll keep the Mexican Grand Prix,
1: but a good track. <laughs> I am of the same opinion on, on pretty much all of all the fronts that you said, especially Sepang. That needs to come back in some mm-hmm. form, please. I mean, surely that's – why has no one done this? Like, it works. You, you know what I mean? Just just literally take that layout and build it. Um, it's, it is categorically the worst track for the layout. I can't think. Even oh, it's got, it's got a long straight. It's got a long straight. Unfortunately, the altitude means that the slipstream is actually pretty rubbish, and I don't even think turn one's that good as a as an overtaking opportunity because there's hardly any. It's narrow once you've got through that first right hander, and then the clumsy turns two and three doesn't really allow for any kind of side-by-side action anyway because, I mean, it's contact or someone goes over the grass or or whatever. It just doesn't – it's not – I mean, it's so late. It's half past midnight. My brain doesn't work right now, so I can't think of the right terms. But it's not indicative of good racing. Like, it doesn't promote wheel-to-wheel combat. It promotes someone just – Bailing and the other person, or someone crashing into each other. I don't know. I just don't like it. There's nothing about this circuit that excites me. As I said, the S's, the curbs are too high. Why are the curbs so high? I don't get it because it just means that they're like kind of wrestling the car. on top of these curbs, and they can't even go fast through the S's. Then you have the smallest DR second DRS zone in that middle sector, which is the most pointless DRS zone of all time. It's not long enough. It's just trying to keep another... them
2: close because the rest of the circuit's so bad for being able to follow, probably.
1: Yeah, and then you get into that 90-degree <laughs> right-hander into, as you enter the forest sole. You've got a horrible exit curb on the left, which, again, train tracks the car if they go too wide, and it just is rubbish. And then that, let. That, I mean, I know they have to slow it down for health and safety reasons, but that that next left and right is also horrific. You watch the onboards and they're just like, just trying to get on the power. And then even the final corner, it's just, there's no grip there. There's, there's no, they're not being offered any kind of grip. Um, and then you're onto the straight again. It's not, it's not a long circuit. It, I would say that, you know, you get rid of some of these sort of fiddly corners, but then all of a sudden you've probably got a one minute lap time. Uh, so there's probably a reasons as to why they've. <laughs> well, yeah, I know you'd take it, but they probably wouldn't. Yeah. Um, it's it's yeah. It is yeah. It is the worst track on on the calendar, and I know that we'll do a probably do a track tier list. I think uh, in the off season because I think it'd be interesting to see where we rate what and why Monaco is number one for you. But um, yeah, they need to change it, but I don't think they will. It's, it it. I'm sure they're like it's fine. You know, like, it it works. We've got a long straight, but. It's saved a little bit by the passionate fans.
2: Yeah, definitely. It's that. Uh, the, the problem is, there's so much of it that that annoys me. Like, like you say, it's it's not just oh the stadiums. Like you know, like say like Barcelona. We're like, oh, it's really annoying that Barcelona's like that chicane. It's so annoying, it kills the whole track. This has that in three different places. It's got a Barcelona chicane three times because it's that first <laughs> corner. Uh, so the first like three turns is like an awful Barcelona chicane because I'm not here just defending like Yuki Sonoda um, and because you know it's a clumsy move. But you're right; it does it does kind of you have to make a really bold move or or it's kind of a crash because you can't really follow. Whereas if you the, the overtaking there, and this is the worst kind of overtake that I hate anyway. The passing, it just relies on a DR, like you passing before the braking zone in DRS. And that's the worst kind of overtake anyway. Um, I don't understand why it's not a heavy braking zone into like a hairpin or something. So you can have different lines through it. But unless you're already passed into the corner, you can't do anything. You know, you saw George Russell at the end. Uh, I think it was with Science or whatever. Just couldn't get anywhere near him and then he was just cooling his car down even though he was within 4 tenths like that should not be the case you should be able to pass with DRS within 4 tenths um, very frustrating
1: indeed certainly is yeah and you know you kind of mentioned it there the overheating as well like the the actual the altitude and and what that does to the cars again makes drivers not want to go for moves because they can't trust the brakes not overheating or the engine overheating or whatever it might be um so there's there's plenty of i mean what, the circuit is not the only problem here of as why we don't have good racing but it, that that's the thing that we can change we can't change more air being where, no. where they are you know that's that can't change that um but yeah we need to we need to just sort that one out please We now move to biggest winner which is either a driver or a team uh, for me i'm going to lock in and daniel ricardo that Man, with that one performance alone, if Alpha Tauri finish eighth, that in itself doesn't matter if he literally crashes for the rest of the season, these last three races, that is worth its weight in gold.
2: Definitely, it can't be anyone other than Daniel Ricciardo. Um, because yeah, he's skyrocket. I mean, you could say Alpha Tauri and not because of Sonoda, but the fact that Ricciardo has skyrocketed to them up the order uh, and not uh, in last. So, yeah, uh, brilliant
1: from Daniel Ricciardo. It's got to be him. From 10th to 8th, good job, towering Let's see if Haas stage a comeback. Biggest loser now, driver or team? I am going to go for Aston Martin. We haven't spoken about them, Tommy. You've, you've very, you know, very just casually just... Sort of not I spoken know. about
2: <laughs> because Fernando it's Alonso. the same every week, but this one's even worse. But we can go in on them in the drive ratings, that's for sure. But, um, another reason is uh, that they're not in the sheet is because one, there were no questions about them, and two, I knew they'd be biggest losers anyway, so we'd talk about them. <laughs> uh, and Check. here we are because it's they're my biggest loser as well. Like, how symbolic when Lando just flew by Fernando Alonso, like he wasn't there, um, you know the the team that were hyped about potentially winning a race versus McLaren that were totally washed and now they've Uno reverse card carded the whole thing and now Aston Martin are what what was crazy is they were literally the worst team as well you know mm. they were it was like they
1: were running last they yeah were, what, they were it wasn't like last.
2: A, oh Aston are really washed now they're fourteenth fifteenth they they li- they were literally the worst team. They they were so bad. Um, And yeah, absolutely shocking. And then maybe just a double DNF. um, So we didn't get to see how far behind they were at the end because it would have been quite embarrassing, really.
1: I also enjoyed how you uh, jinxed Logan Sargent saying that he'd finished the race and then he came in on the last lap into the pits and DNF'd.
2: Yeah, so uh, uh, on the uh... Twitch, if you saw that, I was like, Oh, wow. Logan actually finished P12 in the end. And then the second I said it, it said Logan Sargent in pit. And then it just went, doot, 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 doot. <laughs> and he dropped the ball. I wonder the way why they retired to one time. He had a hydraulic failure or something. Did or he? a Fuel pump failure the at the end. Which is oh, wild.
1: Man. That sucks. Um, mm. Right. Let's now reflect on the predictions we made on on Wednesday and see how we do. Did are we saying the points before or after, Tommy? Because you've actually tallied them up. Is uh, this for I don't after mind. After this, what would you rather? Is this for after? Like, well, it depends what tally you've got. Is well, I've got the tally based. I've, after?
2: I've not done these ones to add on.
1: Okay, well, let's say the tally now, then, shall we? And then we can add them on. So before. we are.
2: So uh, we are brilliantly, Michael. Massing this, I thought. I thought we were doing well, but boy, are we doing well! <laughs> <laughs> because I've not tilled it up in about five races, but after many many races and only four to go, including this one that we're about to do, Matthew Gallagher has scored fifty two points tom bellingham fifty oh one points
0: one point in it let's for go. the whole season
1: right, let's see scenes. how it changes at the end and of that that this is after weekend.
2: my uh because oh, I thought I was changing. way behind, but yeah, I changed it. Obviously, of course. So you after. would have been ahead. I would have been ahead. Had yeah. it not been for
1: the disqualification, god, unbelievable scenes. Right, it's my insane. biggest good surprise was Max Verstappen. Incredibly surprising the way he got off the line with those hard tires. Come on, Tommy, let's talk. There's half a point. Come on, 14 seconds are. after half a half a race. That's that's 28 and topped FP1, FP2, FP3, and. Was, was, I'd have was almost great. given
2: it you for biggest flop, to be honest, because, uh, you know, like <laughs> P3, didn't even qualify on pole. No, he Not did that on purpose. Not his biggest margin of the year when it's Mexico, where he always wins did anyway. It he was a bit washed, really, wasn't he? Did it so, on purpose. P3, he wanted P3. Okay, fine. What was yours? <laughs> uh, mine was Valtteri Bottas, which was looking fantastic on really Saturday. Good, wasn't it? Uh, very good on Friday as well. Uh, and then Bottas um, was like, no. I'm going to be useless, what and then even, even punted Lance
1: Stroll at one point at the stadium. Um, I don't even know what Bottas... Yeah, they had that incident there in the Forest Soul, which was um, interesting. Yeah, but Bottas just went 31 laps on the mediums, and then and then that was it, went straight onto the hard. Strange. didn't actually even anyway, mention
2: them, but they, they would... Alfa Romeo might even be one for, for biggest loser, actually, with just the fact that... Because of the hype as well. The hype, right? and then the both been the beaten by Alfa Tauri in the constructors' standings as well now. Um, yeah, not, not great yeah, for them. Yeah, that's
1: true. Very, very true. Okay, uh, biggest flop now. I said Alex Albon, and he scored points. Well done, Alex, for two points, and I'm glad you'd fought off the biggest flop curse. <laughs> but technically, <laughs> he should have got a podium with that free practice pace, so therefore it's flop.
2: Zero points. Uh, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry. biggest flop. I tried. You're welcome. I did say that you should be thanking me for this one. And I bought Charles Leclerc a podium because
1: you bought him a podium. You bought him a pole positions. No pole and a podium. So he got pole, and then Max got the win. I know what you're doing. (laughs) Oh, there you go, Leclerc. Thanks so much, Tommy. Another pole for the record. You gave me hope, and uh, it was crushed in 300 meters. Um, Okay, so no points so far. Pole position. We both went for Max Verstappen, and we were wrong. No. Oh, my God. How dare I not back my boy, although I don't think anybody thought Charles Leclerc was getting pole position, even going into Q3. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think you'd even done it then, would you? No, really not. And let's go into our top three then, shall we? In third place, I went for Sergio Perez, and so did you. Mm. That aged brilliantly. In second place, I went for Lewis Hamilton.
2: P2, I went for George Russell after basically being like, I need to get some points and changed it from Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> I, yeah. ugh, I knew Hamilton would finish second. I don't know why i just go for it. <laughs> it was so obviously like I just yeah. knew it. But
1: no. You backed Russell instead and that was a regret. And finally, P1, I went for Max Verstappen. Let's go. And you went for Max Verstappen <laughs> as well, right? No,
2: I changed it again, thinking that, that I should have calculated the um, these predictions earlier because I thought I was really far behind. Um, you should so have I just like, identified the change gap. it, so I should have just yeah, should have just gone for the tactics and actually predicted what I believed was <laughs> was the case, which ended
1: up being <laughs> correct. Um, but because no, genu- I- if you'd have done that, you would have come out. We would have come out level on points as we go into our one crazy prediction. Mm. Because, uh, I went for Verstappen wins by the biggest margin of the year. Obviously, you went for Landon Norris to win, by the way, so there was no points for that. Yeah. So I'm on two points. You're on zero currently. And then our one crazy prediction, I said Verstappen wins by the biggest margin of the year. That is not true in any form. No. And then yours...
2: Uh, Verstappen is in a lap one
1: incident. Now, so I this have, went I to would Twitch. I this to the hills. It did go to the Twitch. And I'm very upset with Twitch because 58% said yes, which is crazy because it was not a lap one incident. But Twitch has spoken, and it was thousands of votes. So, well done, Tommy. You get a point. I hope you're happy. Thank you, Twitch, and also uh, thank you, Twitch, for
2: embracing the Michael Massiness of this Addictions Championship because there's now just yeah, two points knew. in it. So
1: they knew. It's doing uh, well. We are doing well. Uh, It's going down to the wire. Uh, And finally, three crazy predictions from you wonderful lot. CFC Craig, Logan Sargent to out-qualify Alex Albon. No. Apex 549, Ferrari will get a double podium. No. Close. Third and fourth. And Pamcat 30, Max wins by 30 seconds. No. No. Wow. So, unfortunately, you failed. Um, Interesting as well uh, that just speaking of Ferrari, and it's the thing that came to mind, that it seems as though Charles Leclerc was quicker when his end plate wasn't on the car because uh, Carlos Sainz only finished four seconds behind him in the end and Leclerc was, was absolutely taking him to the cleaners when he had that damage on the front wing. So maybe Ferrari are going to learn something from this. And also, I just want to say I'm very happy that Charles Leclerc did not get a penalty after potentially his car being unsafe.
2: No, because then we would have seen Carlos Sainz uh, picking up his fourth podium, while not being on the podium. It would have been
1: back-to-back back as well. That would have been crazy. Uh,
2: but speaking of Carlos Sainz, one thing that hasn't been uh, mentioned is that he's actually now ahead of Fernando Alonso in the championship. Uh, and we will now, uh, in the final three races, watch Fernando plummet from <laughs> fourth to about eighth uh, as he sinks so They're level down. on points,
1: aren't they, at the moment, for, uh, yeah, Sainz Sainz's and got Alonso. The win.
2: Sainz's got the win, so he's ahead. God.
1: Signs is, oh, I don't even, that is not good reading. I Charles, know. He's 17 points ahead of Charles Leclerc. That is so <laughs> unfair. Like, I just, oh my God, how? That's so close, by the way. The yeah. fight for P2 in the championship and the fight for P4 is on.
2: Sure is. Very close uh, between them. Uh, and yeah, close between Max and Checo as well. Oh, wait. <laughs> only 200 251. 251 oh my god he's got nearly he's got more than, got double, more than double
1: points that is insane now oh my days oh, i need to i need to do something so he's got he's on 491 points yeah that's that's a lot of points he's he's literally winning the constructors by 120 points Jesus. that is that is that is that's insane sanity and on that note, you should definitely tune in for the next three races, <laughs> the rest, and and Formula One next year, and the year after, and of course the P1. Tommy, what are your final thoughts? Uh,
2: my final thoughts are um, sorry to end on some Mexico GP slander, but also some hype for the next race, um, and the best reply about my thing about the mexican grand prix and how much i just like the circuit was that the best thing about the mexico grand prix is that brazil is next and uh i can't disagree <laughs> because my god i'm looking forward to interlagos it is uh the the best circuit in f1 uh, hands down and i can't cannot wait for for the race
1: even a sprint
2: i'll take because uh my god uh, the more racing
1: we get on that track the better so I'm just having a look at the weather and uh, currently Friday is thunderstorms with rain. Saturday and Sunday are sunny intervals at the moment, um, but they are having a lot of rain over there in Brazil. Wow. Uh, apparently there's a yellow alert for heavy rain. So let's see if that carries over into next Be weekend and we could have a <laughs> rather, yeah, rather interesting one. But that is it. My final thoughts are, again, similar to Tommy. I can't wait for Brazil. It's race week tomorrow. The, I mean, the expectations are always so high for Brazil, but they it always seems to deliver. So I really hope we're not jinxing it right now and we're going to get a banging weekend. Fingers crossed it's a sprint weekend as well. Don't forget, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we'll be live on Twitch if you want to watch along with us. And we'll see you very soon for another piece of content. Lots of love. Bye. 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 Upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. P1 is a Stack Production and part of the Acast Creative Network.